My guest today, Dr. Rob Kelly, CEO of uh, Rob Kelly Recovery, is also known as the Addiction Doctor, blew my mind in this interview, literally, parts of my, my mind, my brain, the hypothalamus, and all these other things. He talked about the neuroscience. It's incredible. He's been doing this for 20 years, but he has a recovery story, which includes um, stabbing his wife and his daughter crying, Daddy, Daddy, please stop drinking. Today we do a background check on Dr. Rob Kelly. You don't want to miss this. Let's go! Have you or someone you know had your life turned upside down because of your past? Of course I have. Everyone does background checks now, which makes it hard to bounce back. What do you believe? I believe your background shouldn't hold you back. It, sh it should pay you back. This podcast will inspire you, motivate you, and inform you with everything you need to rise above your past and, and not be afraid to say, go, go ahead, check my background. My name is J. Dan Gum, and this is Background Check. You already know. Let's go. You can check my background. I'm a forgiving felon, so tell them that I won't back down now. You can bet I won't live in regret. It's time to earn some respect. You are tuning in to Background Check. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Background Check Podcast, where we believe... Your background shouldn't hold you back. It should pay you back. Thanks again for listening. Man, um, I'm just, again, so honored to, to do this. Uh, as always, brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with the past realize their future. And I also want to talk about another, another uh, company that helps us uh, monthly, uh, Clarity Roofing and Solar. Uh, man, they're all about faith, family, integrity, kindness, and excellence. Um their core values always serve build better and and care more those are their what they call the abcs of our company and i'll tell you what these guys are experienced committed to cleanliness they're intentional about quality they're legacy minded they are insured and bonded and, and they're good friends of mine and uh they're amazing people they love forgiven felons they love second chances and so if you need a new roof and some solar panels i mean everybody's getting solar now we just moved into into a brand new community brand new john houston home and uh, shameless plug. And um, if you're looking for a John Easton home, call my wife, Trinity Oaks Mortgage. Uh, or just let me know. She can get, help get you funded. But, um, I mean, there's solar panels even going up on the roofs here. You know, a lot of times people will get solar panels when they replace the roof. But, man, there's people getting them on brand new homes. So, um, anyway, if you uh, if you would like to, um, if you'd like to know more about Clarity, Roofing and solar. I'm going to give you the telephone number. I'll also put it on. Um, I'll also put it on the um, show notes. Okay, so uh, I'm going to give you this guy's name is Joe Maderos, and just call them at four six nine three eight six nine one one six, and they will get you hooked up. Doesn't cost anything. Do an estimate. All right. So um, all right. Well, let's get some more announcements out of the way. We got North Texas Giving Day coming up. If you want to be a sponsor. Um, and you want some shout outs on this podcast, then let me know. We got the uh, sponsorship levels. You can come in at the class A misdemeanor level, which is 250. And that's not uh, one that gets podcast promos. But um, if you go up to uh, second and third degree felonies, uh, sponsorship levels, then you'll get some podcast promos. All right. So let me see here. I got some shout outs. First of all, let's see. Uh, Pallage. Did I already say Pallage? Welcome Pallage unit. Um, the Carol Vance unit, prison fellowship program, 
with Tuan. Are, y- are y'all listening? Are you spreading the word? Uh, I love the Carol Vance unit. I went to go see Tuan uh, graduate his his class. So I'm so excited that the prison fellowship program and parole at TDCJ is going to incorporate John Maxwell stuff. Man, that's amazing. So uh, Carol Vance unit, hey, uh, what's up? And let's see. I got I got two letters here. One's from uh, Wilbert. Wilbert, uh, is that Matlock? I can't read, dude. I don't know. It, it, you're at the East Texas uh, Treatment Facility. Hey, listen, man. Uh, I know you heard me on the Convicted Mindset podcast. If y'all go to the Convicted Mindset podcast, that's my buddy Zach who helped us get started. Uh, they uh, they have. I don't think they've done any more than eight to ten episodes. Uh, I'll have to ask them see if they're gonna do any more. But um, anyway, yeah, I was on there as well. So if you want to hear that, uh, I do talk about setting up a little handyman business and get that started. So Wilbert, if you're listening to this one, or somebody tell Wilbert if you know Wilbert, tell him that you know um, you know uh, listen to background check too. So all right, let me see here. Oh, Kelly Lewis from the Marlin Unit. Marlin, excuse me. I love the Marlin unit. I went when it was all guys, and I've been when there when uh, when it was all women as well. So, uh, Kelly, thank you for sharing your story. Uh, I really do appreciate you, and uh, thank you for writing in, letting us know that you're listening. Thank you for spreading the word. Come on, get everybody at Marlin downloading. I don't know. Can y'all download these episodes to your tablet? Uh, I don't know how that works on the, on the, the tablet. Uh, but if you can download an episode, I don't know if you have so much storage on there or not, but, um, anyway, downloads help. If you can subscribe, that helps too. I don't know if y'all subscribe, but, um, anyway, uh, let's see Chaz at the Kyle unit, my Kyle unit guys. I haven't heard from y'all in a while and I haven't said anything to y'all in a while. So, um, praying for you guys. I need to get back. I need to get back there. So, uh, I, I haven't heard from anybody that graduated pillars so Chaz, if you hear from them write them and tell them to contact me all right uh let's see here northeast correctional center up in bowling green missouri y'all get ready y'all get ready i mean y'all better spread the word listen we're doing a we're doing i'm coming up there on the on the on the 15th so this next week all right so y'all get ready uh listen if you're listening to this uh, spread the word. We're gonna. I'm speaking at the banquet that night, but we're doing a, a a sign up to come to the. I don't know where they're gonna have it, but I'm doing a, a general population service um, from like one thirty, one thirty to three thirty, or one to three thirty. So y'all sign up for that. Get in there. Get signed up, and and uh, let's pack that place out. All right. <clears throat> all right. Let's see. I don't know. I think that's all. I don't know. Brian, Brian, uh, Brian White, uh, Carl Ward, you still listening out there in Alabama? Um, it's been a year now since I've been up there to your parole hearing. but uh, And I promised you I was going to write a letter to those people, and I'm going to. I'm going to do that. So um, just wanted to let you know that. Hey, listen, if you're listening to these um, and it ever stops, I, I do a, a one almost every week. I take some breaks during the holidays, but if you're ever listening to these and they um, they stop uploading, write, write me a letter. P.O. Box 4283, Forgiven Felons. Uh, P.O. Box 4283, Cedar Hill, Texas. C-E-D-A-R-H-I-L-L. Uh, Texas 75106. All right? And just let us know. But you can also 
put a, a whatever an i60 kite whatever y'all's communication is in your own prison and just say uh um and just say that there you think there's something wrong with it because they're not uploading anyway all right well uh hey, i need somebody to do me a favor so i need somebody to see if a podcast called roll call with Chappie. all right we had him on as a guest and we've been trying to get his podcast in prisons but there's been some challenges and we think it's we think it's uploaded to the tablets now so if y'all could uh back in the i think the 80s 80s or 90s i had uh, peter meyerhoff from roll call with chappie he's got his own podcast and can y'all look that up and see and have somebody somebody write me and let me know that um that his podcast is uploaded all right uh i think we're done listen let me tell you about this guest today man Woo, man this guest his name is Dr. Rob Kelly. He literally blew my mind or blew my hypothalamus, which is a part of my mind, my brain. Uh, Dr. Rob Kelly is a PhD, sought after, sought after recovery expert, known as an addiction doctor, uh, who believes in treating the causes of addiction and not the symptoms. Dr. Kelly's appearance on such shows as The Doctors, Eye Opener, Good Morning Texas, uh, several morning news shows, a frequent contributor to radio and print interviews, including... The Jim Bohannon Show, Miracles in Recovery, USA Today, and he's participated in McLean Hospital's Harvard Medical School study on the stigma associated with mental illness. Dr. Kelly's hosted uh, so- Sober Celebs Show on uh, here in radio show in Dallas and currently hosts the Breaking Through Addiction podcast featuring special guests discussing a variety of mental health issues. Dr. Kelly created the Let's Get Back to 98% Recovery DVDs used in prisons and recovery treatment centers throughout the U.S. He's lectured on addiction and trauma at high-profile universities, national conferences, treatment facilities, public schools, churches, business organizations, and hospitals. He is the CEO of his own company called the Rob Kelly Recovery Group, and uh, they treat addiction and mental illness. Uh, It's a recovery coaching company. And that he created based on his extensive research and behavior studies that he's conducted over the last 20 years and uh, from his own experience as well. Uh, Dr. Kelly does have a book. He shares his own personal highs and lows as he struggled and overcame alcoholism. Um, The book came out in 2019. It's called Daddy, Daddy, Please Stop Drinking. All right, you're going to love this interview. Here's our interview. And um, enjoy. Dr. Rob Kelly, welcome to Background Check Podcast. Thank you, Jake. Great to be here. All right. Well, man, I'm I'm honestly uh, we had to put this off for uh, one time because I got sick, uh, and I've gotten to know who you are through friends and somebody even that was already on the show a while back. Uh, we called it Life Giving Life, Jamie McKibben, and uh, and so it's an it's an honor to sit here uh, reading your bio, uh, knowing what you've done, where you've come from, and and everything you've accomplished and your, especially your approach to addiction. Uh, I'm impressed with so far, and I can't wait to be more impressed as we talk about it and hear about it in this interview. So thank you for your time, carving out time for us. And uh, I appreciate you. And, you know, let's just talk about who you are right now. What do you do? What are you uh, the CEO of and what all irons in the fire you got going? Where do you do it? Who do you do it with all that? So, uh, Dr. Rob, they call me the addiction doctor because I specialize in addiction, trauma, and um, obviously alcoholism. Uh, Rob Kelly Recovery Group was founded many years ago when I came over here, even though we had Rob Kelly Group back in the UK. 
So um, we, we help families. We, we don't like, we always say we're not in the addiction industry. We are in the family reconnection industry. That's good. Because uh, alcohol and drugs have 1% to do with alcoholism and drug addiction. So we don't have a, a drinking problem. We have a thinking problem. So Wait, that's uh, the, the, Dr. Kelly, Dr. Kelly, I want you to say that again, because a lot of people don't believe me when I say something similar to that. Of course, I don't have the credentials you have. So I want you to I, say that again so everybody can understand. Because when they just say you need to just quit drinking or you just need to stop doing drugs, they're, they're, they're not understanding what's going on. And so say that again, because it's very important that people understand this. It, that there's a big difference between alcoholic and drug addicts. Let me say that. And I'll say something else going to freak somebody out. Alcoholics are born, drug addicts are made. Okay. 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 So what we have to do is I don't have a, a drinking problem. I have a thinking problem. This is about neuroscience. This is about different parts of the brain telling us what to do. The hypothalamus, for instance, which tells us to drink alcohol after a certain point when it switches and it tells normal people to drink water and eat food. So our brain's against us. So just stop for your kids, Rob, or, you know, just stop. It's not as simple as that. You know, if you've ever tried, you know, everyone's on the phone these days, tablets, try leaving your tablet alone in the corner right. for 12 hours. Right. And every time you look at it and every time you want to go over it, that's what addiction's like. You can't stop it. You know, chemical um, reaction. So, I love that. And, and I'm a man of faith. So this is the way I explain it to people that don't understand it. Uh, I like the way you explain it with the phone. Cause that's so true too. Is by the way, full disclosure. I don't think you know this about me. I'm in long-term recovery. I've been sober, clean and sober for 19 and a half years. So uh, I just celebrated in April, my, my sobriety day, clean and sobriety. Uh, Jack Daniels was my thing. I honestly, Dr. Kelly, Jack Daniels saved me from being strung out on meth. And, and I, when you say there's a difference between alcohol and drugs, I get that because, because the first time I tried meth for the, for the first time and I stayed up on that three-day binge, I couldn't taste my Jack Daniels. Yeah. And because I couldn't taste it, and that's one of the reasons I drank because I like the taste of Jack Daniels, I, I stopped doing all drugs. Mm. And so, uh, but I was highly, highly addicted to, uh, to Jack Daniels. So um, go, go ahead, keep going. And uh, because I like, I like what you're saying and a lot of my friends, a lot of families that I know that have um, uh, loved ones in addiction um, just don't understand this. And so I'm glad, exactly. I'm glad, I'm glad you're, you're talking about it. It's the most misunderstood disease in the world. And it is a disease. I'm going to say alcoholism, but you can put whatever you're suffering from. So um, it's a family disease. Everyone's affected. The selfish alcoholic will say, well, I'm not hurting anybody, really. Have you seen the distraught wives? Have you seen the crying kids? Have you seen the work? Your friends, your loved ones are in panic and pain over what you're doing on a daily basis, you know? But we have to look at uh, the addictions has laid down in the brain because, again, we affect... I infected everybody I come across, period, with my alcoholism. Yeah. yeah. But you can't just stop drinking. You can't just stop using it. It doesn't work like that. This, this is all, again, neuroscience. And it affects the family. So we, we did some uh, we did some tests. And okay, uh, okay. Talk, talk about your business real quick. Talk about everything y'all do, the scope <clears throat> of everything, where you're all at, where you serve, and what you do. So we're in uh, four or five countries. We're in San Antonio, Texas. That's where I am, the head office. We're in Dallas, Texas. Um, we're also in Manchester, United Kingdom. We're also in uh, Mallorca, in Spain, and we're also over there in Switzerland. Wow. So five, four or five offices. Um, and, and we're telehealth company only, unless you live in the neighborhood. Okay. So all this is done via telehealth. We've been doing telehealth for eight, nine years now. 
not just overnight everybody became a telehealth provider. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. I went back to school to get a second PhD in behavioral science to be able to do what I do. So wow. work with the family. If we take the patient on, we have to take the wife and anybody over the age of 18 on. If they refuse or the wife refuse, we will not take the patient. Now talk about why that's important. I know why it's important, but the average listener uh, who's a family member of, of, of an addict or an alcoholic does know, do not understand the importance of that. Yeah, well, if you look at, we did tests on, on soldiers coming back from Afghanistan and we did tests on wives of alcoholics who live in the house when the alcoholic is rampant and the, the PTSD signs, uh, signs were both the same, identical oh, with the wow. trauma that they suffer. So again, the wife often says to us, well, I've got nothing to say about him. I just don't want to speak to him. And our reply is, this isn't about him. It's about you. They go, well, I've got nothing to do with his disease. Really? So you stayed in this household where he's punched you in front of the kids, where he's punched one of the kids in a blackout. And you say, you, you've, got, you've got no trauma. What's going on here? And so we work with, work with the close families. We rebuild families as what we do. Because again, I'm going to keep saying this, alcohol is not the problem. It's, it's what 1% to do with alcohol. It's not the problem. What is the problem is the way I think, therefore behave. Yeah. So it's really important that we get family involved. That is so good. So Dr. Kelly, we're in the middle of National Recovery Month. Uh, what, what does the average person um, need to know that we can make them more aware of during this month? What is something, you've already said a few things, but what is something that, um, that the average person, how they can be made more aware of what addicts and alcoholics go through uh, so that they can be more of a help. Maybe they don't have a family member, but maybe they just want to help and serve in some way. But th it would be better if they knew this about recovery first. Well, first of all, it's not a choice. That's, the, that, that's one of the myths. It's a choice. It's not a choice. Once you cross over the line of alcoholism and, and drug addiction, it's not a choice. Uh, and secondly, you have to realize that 18, 90%, maybe 95 people have come to me with a heroin addict started in the doctor's office. So all these things mm -hmm. are happening. Dialogue and research. If you think you know about addiction, you don't, unless you work in the industry. Real delve into it. If you, if you really want some good information, we have a bunch of girls there that no charge, just call them, they'll, they'll explain to you what's going on, just visit the website, which we'll give wow. out later. Yeah. But it's just, it's information and knowledge. You know, that's how you can help. And if you have a loved one, a son or, or, or daughter or, or husband or wife, look for the signs. The signs are they get on camps, you know, they don't turn up for family dinners like they used to. They're in bed all day, you know, they become lazy. You know, people always say, well, I can't search my son's room because, you know, search his room. Yeah. I would rather you search his room and he get annoyed than me hearing of his death. Yeah. You preparing for his funeral. If you suspect, you know, it's, it's all about education, education, education in this industry. Man, you, you definitely said a mouthful. Um, now, how long have y'all been in, in existence? How long as a business? Over here for 15 years in total, about 27, 28, 29 years, I think. Okay. And so you, and you, you mentioned that you uh, just became a you, Amer American citizen. Congratulations. Uh, what, 16 months ago, like you said? Yeah, 16 months ago. Yeah. So how long have you lived over here in the States? 15 years I've been so here. So 15 years. Now, why did you, did you already have a family then? Were you single? What moved you from, from where you were to, to here? Great story. Somebody heard from me from Dallas, Texas, Plano, just outside Dallas, a church, yeah. huge mega church. 
and they asked me to come over for two weeks and do some seminars for the youth because it was a big crack cocaine area in Plano. And that's why I did. I came for two weeks and I have a big spiritual back in that loads of things have happened to me. And as soon as I stepped on the floor at DFW, I knew I was never going to go home again. Wow. Wow. And I never did, not to live. I, I visited many times, but I knew that my work was here. And I knew that, uh, you know, I asked God for, for lots of things. I asked God for an audience. One yeah. of my shows went out to 60, 18 million people. You know, it's all about, it's all about doing God's work for me. Yeah. And yeah. people are, I know people are going, oh my God, talk about God. There's 27,000 gods. Just pick one if you want to get well. <laughs> it's not a big thing. It's a personal. Pick, pick your own concept. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I mean... You know, some it, part of it has to be a, a, a spiritual journey that you're on too. you know, um, I've seen lots of people try to avoid the spiritual side of recovery and they do for a while. But I mean, when you're talking the long-term, the long-term recovery people that have been in it for a long time, they, they'll never deny that there's a spiritual part of the journey. So and, let, let, me, let me give you this information. Once you have a spiritual awakening, which is a conscious contact with God, a relationship, not a belief or knowledge. And you have a psychic change, which is just a change in your pathway direction. Your DNA changes. Yeah. And, and why, why is that important? Because that big book I love so much says the same man or woman will drink again. You have to be reborn. You have to have yes. this change. So I don't know. You might, you might, guys listening, you may know. I don't know of a atheist that's a real alcoholic that's alive today. I yeah. just don't. Yeah. You know, it's I very agree. important. Let's talk a little bit about more what you've done. You've been on so many, uh, man, you've been around everything. You've been on big shows all across the nation. Uh, you're known as the, uh, uh, as a recovery coach or whatever for the celebrities. Is that right? Yeah, psychologist and, and recovery coach. If we cross state lines, I can't practice psychology. So okay. yeah, if, if you can talk about that, or think about anybody in the last 10 years, who you are famous household names that's that's had addiction and got well they've probably come to us and we've got them well uh obviously you can't talk about it or or if 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 i name a name can you say yeah you've been there or no uh not really only person no. i can mention on air is uh eddie van halen came to me and oh, he's a great man. guy but i didn't know who he was so when he came to me in the airport and he went dr rob i said yeah he said i'm eddie Oh, good. I'd only been in the country for about three months. I didn't know who Eddie Van Halen was. I didn't know who Van Halen was, to be honest. But we took him back and we had, we had a great old time. And he went That's back awesome. and signing record deals all over the place. So, yeah, it was good. Well, I always wonder, you know, because some of my favorite, because of my own personal recovery journey, I like it when I see uh, celebrities who, um, who kind of make their journey public um, some of them by default because of their choices and then the, they're in legal battles. But, um, I love Robert Downey Jr.'s, uh, story. I don't know how he got help. I don't know who, who he got help. Very good doctor, I believe. Yeah. Very good. And, uh, but man, I, you know, just to watch him in this part of his life and to see how far he's come and, and, uh, it, it was really, it was really cool. So you've been on a lot of shows, man. Is that what you do too? Still now, you 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 appear in a lot of shows. Uh, you got your own podcast. What what is your general schedule, man? Uh, uh, from uh, Wednesday to Sunday, I'm working with patients. Like I say, we only take on four to six patients, so I'm busy with them. And then Monday or Tuesday, my media days could be TV, could be news uh, things, it could be anybody that's died, it could be shows, it could be podcasts, it could be radio. So then. Mondays usually put aside for that. And then Tuesday for the TV, I travel to the studio or travel to 
California to to uh, to recording Paramount Studios. So yeah, we keep we they keep me busy. I have a team around me that keep a media guys that you know that they don't quite get that Tuesday's my day off or Mondays. <laughs> they don't actually get that. I, I drive in a call. We're on the plane tomorrow going to Paramount Studios. Oh god, yeah, so, yeah. I keep busy. I, I just you know I love helping people, Jay. It's not as if it's alcoholic. Right? I love helping people. Yeah, and uh, just watching the face when when you gift them. Or when you say nice things to them, I mean, I'd rather lift somebody up than put them down. What do you? What would you say to the the family uh, who, in their own mind, has gotten the help they need to see from a different perspective, but is still just waiting for that turnaround from their loved one to reach that breakthrough point? This is all about perspective. If you've got well and got the help and there's children in the house and your husband refuses to, you need to leave. And that might sound harsh, but he's only going to go down. He's never going to get any better. So that was always my advice. One of my things in life, you don't get on with your husband, get a new husband. You don't like your job, get a new job. Well, it really isn't that easy. It really is. Yeah. If I went to bed last night, Jay, I was 19. I got up this morning, I was 61. That's how fast life goes. Wow. You, know? you don't look so you 61. You look life. great. You look Thank great. You. So now, uh, yeah, there you go. Look at his guns. <laughs> so you created, tell us about your, uh, whatever you want to call it, curriculum, uh, your, your approach, your whatever. I know you love the big book, but you probably have lots of other stuff you do uh, outside of the big book or along complimentary with the big book. Uh, I saw somewhere where you, you created some curriculum for prisons uh, as well. So be me be being a former inmate i would like to know more about that the only thing offered for us in there was was aa and i and i went yeah. uh but man if there was something else offered um man i want to know about it maybe we can get it get it in prisons because it's a it's a i'll say this i was an alcoholic long-term alcoholic when i went into prison if i hadn't have been in prison for as long as i was which was only three years but i tell people if i'd have gotten out in a year i wouldn't be sitting here where i am today I needed that full three years of separation. And I don't know what that did. Part of it was a spiritual journey, I believe. But the other part, there was an actual physical reset of, of whatever. And I, I can't explain all the neuro stuff like you can, but you know, do I what, talk about, talk about your curriculum for inmates and how it may be a slightly different approach or how do you do that? Definitely, definitely different approach. Yeah. It's, talk it's about that. Yeah. Well, what you got to remember when we first, if we get caught doing something that we shouldn't be doing, it's usually under the interest of something. Many people on death row don't remember the event because they're wasted. So if, you're, if you've been sent to prison for three years, let's say, the question is not, oh my God, they've sent me to prison. The question is, if you're an addict or alcoholic, if you've been chosen by God to do certain things, so why, are, why am I in prison? And there's always a task. There's always learning. Because look at you today. So go to you know, Jay, about being, being in prison. You go, oh, let me sit down and talk to you about that. So we create this, uh, uh, I'm not allowed to go in certain prisons. It was awesome. Um, we created a program that uplifted with slight knowledge of neuroscience. Um, we use neuro-linguistic programming to get into the heads and, and really make them see how powerful they are as a person. Okay, so a lot, people, of, a lot of people don't know what NLP no, is. So explain no. that real quick in the, the, the layman's term. Okay, so neuro, obviously the head, language, when we speak to each other. So what we do is, is during neuro linguistic program, we'll, we'll slip certain sentences in and we'll slip certain words in. 
It's straight into the subconscious brain. Now, let me show you something real slowed down of NLP. So we're planting stuff in the subconscious. Here's an example. If I slowed down real, you would hear me say while talking to you that obviously mindset is everything. And what did you have for lunch today? Now, you won't hear mindset is everything. You're here. What are you having for lunch today? Oh, great. You know, we don't always see what we think we see. It's called yeah. a Mandela effect. Like when I see Chick-fil-A, I want to put a K after the chick. When I <laughs> see when I see Jiff, I, I keep calling it Jiffy. Yep. You know, when I see when I watch sex in the city and suddenly I find out it's sex and the city, <laughs> this is how the brain works. So You're what absolutely you perceive right. of yourself is it, not the truth. The definition wow. of insanity when we're talking about addiction is not being able to see my own truth. And when we come out of that of that sadness and that dark place, we can see our own truth and we can see that we're empowered. I can tell you categorically, Jay, that empowered people, empowered people. So mm. the program's all about showing how powerful you are and revealing your true identity because most wow. people lose that. That is so good. And that's true. That's true. I would say of all those years of drinking, I'm just now to the point where I'm, I'm living more years sober than I, than I did drinking. And, uh, and that was, I mean, I was just waiting every year, the year that I hit, uh, the year that I hit 18, you know, last year, year and a half ago, I was so happy because I'd been drinking for 18 years. Uh, and then now a year and a half ago, I was sober as long as I had been drinking and, um, and it was, man, it is a, it is a part of it's part of it's a mindset change too. And, and a lot of people ask me, you know, in our transitional houses, we have two transitional houses of guys coming out of prison. We help them get back on their feet. Uh, that's, uh, that's called forgiven felons. And so we help them get back on their feet and we've been doing it for about 10 years. And every once in a while, the guys will be like, Hey man, you know, uh, do you ever get tempted to drink? And I said, well, sure. All the time. I said, sometimes you guys, the way you guys act getting out of prison, make me want to drink. I said, but but I've trained, I've retrained. Um, I had enough of a reset where it wasn't presented to me. So I wasn't tempted with it, but I I'll tell you what, man, up until September 18th, 2003 in prison, I could tell you where I was going to go to get my fifth of Jack and my pack of cigarettes. But then when I got locked, got into a fight, got locked up in solitary confinement for eight days, I went through, that was my spiritual encounter with God that those eight days. I came out of there a different person. I came out of there not ever thinking the same way about cigarettes and Jack Daniels ever again. And, and, and that's not to say that the temptation hasn't come. The tempter still tries, but the, whatever it was, the psychological, the, the physical, physiological reset, uh, all the resets, I was able to start at a point where I could say no and, and, and it'd be a choice again. You know, it'd be a choice again. And then, and then from that point on, I just practiced saying no. Um, you know, I get stronger. Like you showed me your guns all while ago, you get stronger. You make those, those muscles stronger by putting resistance on it. You know, we put weight in our hands. So the more I tell guys, the more I say, no, the stronger I get. No is resisting that temptation. And the more I practice that resistance, the stronger I get. And, um, you know, people ask me all the time, do you think you'll ever drink again? And I'm like, probably not. They're like, Oh, because you can't control it. I'm like, I could probably control it now, but I couldn't control it back then. 
And I can't explain that, but I just, I just know that if, if I were to have a drink, I'm not in a point in my life anymore where I want to get drunk back then I wanted to get drunk and I can't explain that you went to school. You probably could explain it to me better than I could, but there's, I could sit down and probably have a Jack and diet Coke and not have a desire to get drunk anymore. And like I said, it's just something I feel after that, after those eight days in solitary confinement, where I went through some sort of something. Um, and, and, you know, I know for sure. Uh, I tell guys I may, I may drink a drink one time. I haven't yet, but I may, but I know one thing for sure. I'll never get drunk again. And, um, uh, and they always want to know how I know that I know that I know that. And I tell them that part of it's part of it's my spiritual journey. So. Yeah, definitely. And, and a lot of people as well, they, they lead with certain things because they believe certain things, learned behavior or trauma Like most people I meet coming out of prison. Uh, they mention in the first two or three minutes that they're an ex-felon. And I always say, why do you lead with that? Because that's, that's not who you are. It's who you were and, and it's gone and it's past. I mean, if you're going for the job interview, great. Thank you for telling me. But what we do on a daily basis, it's called the basal ganglia. It's the repetition strength that confirms is who we are today. Wow. Not who we used to be. What we went through in the past, if you look at it, like my homelessness uh, was like a semester at Harvard University. Wow. The stuff that we learn when we're in prison, the stuff that we learn when we're in disease is who we were. It's not your value or your worth today. You see, when you've been through that, your worth quadruples when, wow. when, when you get your stuff together. Because only an alcoholic and addict can talk to an alcoholic addict. Only someone who's been in prison can talk to someone who's been in prison. You don't understand the mindset. So I don't look at it as, hey, I'm an ex-felon. I look at it, God, how, much, how, much, how many years experience did you get in there? Yeah. Because I'll tell you something for nothing, guys. You think my college, I spent 26 years in college and schools. Do you know what I get most of my education? It was when I was 14 months on the streets, mm. when I really found out the gritty side of alcoholism and the pain and the family and the children. You know, it, it's all about that. It's repairing stuff. I wouldn't swap. I've never seen my youngest daughter sink 30 odd years on. She was a one year old when they took him off me. Uh, I wouldn't swap anything for the experience I had in the streets because that's what makes me who I am today because I do this on a daily basis. I don't worry about yesterday. I am my repetition strengthening confirms today. That's wow. all it is. I'll never drink again, period. Oh, that's brave. No, it's not. I work a program. I stay with God. I have a communication with God. That's a relationship today. Yeah. I'm kind to people. I give back. I bless somebody every time I leave the house monetary because God's given me enough money to do that. Wow. I compliment free people every day. I live that life. Yeah. And, and, and the big book, again, best piece of literature ever written pertaining to the alcoholic recovery of. I'm studying the sunlight of the spirit. You can't touch me. You know, I have the power of God behind me. And, and I've seen miracles, Jay, beyond any one person. It's, it's almost obscene, the amount of miracles I have seen, you know, wow. and it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. That's what I want to be. I want to be in the yeah. sunlight of the spirit. Amen. Amen. I know I'm a, I'm a living, breathing, walking miracle too. So, okay, two things you're 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 way better you could do this what you do way better because you have the knowledge of the books and the knowledge of the experience um it, at least in my opinion i think okay. so um which man which one do you draw from the most when you're talking to people my experience my, my homelessness, my, my lack of, my leaving the kids, my stabbing my wife, you know, just the crazy things I used to do identifies with somebody. So we put a program together 
that psychology, neuro-linguistic programming, brain spotting, which is going through the pupil into the subconscious brain, uh, and somatic experience, which is all about the body. So with that, with 20% and then 80% of the stuff I've been through, because wow. I, I can connect with you straight away, Jay, when I go, hey, I was homeless. And, and, yeah. and you go, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you about my prison. You know, there's a connection straight yeah. away. The mirroring yeah. part of the brain needs to connect with people. I mean, you just connected. It's like wow. somebody who's, who supports Dallas Cowboys or somebody who supports, you know, I don't know, another team. Uh, Carolina, for instance, they're never really going to see eye to eye as two Cowboys fans will because the mirroring part of the brain wants to replicate. Yeah. Each other. yeah, you're right. So, all right, well, let's let's talk about your story, man. I mean, you, we've 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 mentioned it a little bit. Uh, it, it, it is what that that experience is what uh, caused you to write the book. Daddy, daddy, please stop drinking. So let's talk about the book. Let's talk about your experience and 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 man, let's encourage people with your experience. Awesome, man. Well, I started drinking at the age of nine. I was a musician with a musical family. Took my first drink in Liverpool in England. And uh, it kind of went from there. It was my best friend. It gave me confidence. Everything was good. You know, I went through high school and uh, we had a drink in every Friday and Saturday with the band, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. I was in bands. Wow. Um, and uh, nothing was wrong. Everything was great. You know, uh, mom was an alcoholic, though we didn't know it. Uncle was an alcoholic, didn't know it. There's always alcoholism in your family, by the way. Yeah. If you think for a second, if you go back in your family and check and there's no alcoholism, you probably abuse of alcohol. You abuse alcohol. It's a different, different wow. ballgame completely. Wow. So uh, went to Strawberry Studios as a bass guitarist, session musician, making uh, tracks for TV and radio commercials. And then uh, got an audition at Abbey Road. I had seven auditions at Abbey Road for a job. I was 16. They were 34, wow. 50s, seasoned bass players. This is why we're geniuses, guys, and got the job. So started playing with all these top great guys, Elton John, Freddie Mercury, you know, Bowie, doing tracks for all them guys, living the dream, driving the Porsche, you know, drug, 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 drink, drink, drink. And then it started to get out of control. And what happened one terrible night is I woke up uh, dying for a drink. I knew I had vodka in the kitchen. I came downstairs in the midst of the night, two or three o'clock, and I found the vodka and I put it on the side and I turn around, get this thinking, I turn around for a, a $50 uh, glass, crystal glass, because I'm not an alcoholic. I drink out of this crystal glass. But when I turn around again, my wife followed me down and she grabbed the bottle up the side and she says, I think you've had enough. She was probably right, Jay. Should have gone back to bed and thanked her. I didn't. I took a kitchen knife out and I stabbed her three times. Mm. And I finished a bottle of vodka. I called a taxi and then I called the police and the ambulance and when I heard the sirens, I jumped in the taxi and I fled to Spain for three months. I only came back when she promised not to press charge and I got a confirmation from my attorney. But when I got home, Jane, she had all the stuff packed and she had my two little daughters ready to go. I always remember she said to me, I love you to the day I die, but you're not going to kill our kids. Mm. So she went. I got on my attorney. I said, get my kids back for tomorrow. He went to court. Somehow he got them back ages one and three, I opened the door, I paid them a large amount uh, of money. I put them in front of the TV and I walked into the kitchen and thought to myself, wouldn't it be great just to have one beer to celebrate getting my daughters back? Hmm. Three days later, when the police kicked the door down, when I'd been in blackout, liquor store, liquor store, liquor store every day, the children had not been changed or fed for two days. They nearly died. They served me well on Fit Father Papers. And he took my children off me. 
mom and uh, mother-in-law, child services, child protection services, the police, they were all there waiting for them. And they walked down the path and my eldest daughter says, daddy, daddy, please don't go. And then further down the path, while she's holding mommy's hand, she turned around again and said, daddy, daddy, please get better. And as they got to the gate, she turned around one more time and she says, daddy, daddy, please stop drinking. And I couldn't do it. Mm. Three months to six months after that day, I was homeless in Piccadilly Gardens in Manchester thinking, where the hell did that go wrong? And um, that was it for me. I tried to commit suicide on five, six, seven occasions. On two occasions, it worked. Somebody brought me back to life with compressions on the side of a dirty old wet road in Manchester. I hated them guys for that. Hated mm. them. And then um, 14 months, man, of just hurting people, stealing vodka, you know, living rough under trees. Nobody wanted to know me. People would spit on me. They'd throw full diapers at me. He woke up on Stuff all over me from diapers that kids had thrown at me. I couldn't walk properly. I was sick. Nobody, nobody helped. I was abandoned on the streets, man. Wow. Every day I tried to commit suicide. I just wanted a way out. And, and did you um, have any family, brothers, sisters, mom, dad? Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, mom and they dad. All, they, they all knew, they, they all knew where, where you were, what you were doing. Just wasn't going wasn't gonna to engage in you. My mom's always said she died early from cancer, from worrying about me, the doctor said. But, um, yeah, they were, they were ill because I was homeless, but they, they were told not to take me back in because I would, I would die in the house and they would never forgive themselves. So I used to call home and talk about abandonment. I used to borrow $10 or steal, or, sorry, 10 pence. I get to the phone box. I put the money and go, hey, mom, and she put the phone down straight away. Oh, wow. The depression, I drink more and drink more. So that was for 14 months. And then one night, two or three o'clock in the morning, I'm walking down the back ends of Manchester factories. There's no cars, no people. It's like a, a Monday morning, 2 a.m., 3 a.m. And I dropped down to my hands and knees and I was crying, like from the stomach. Yeah. I wasn't crying because I'd lost my kids, my wife, my household, my money, none of that. I was crying because the first time in my life I realized I couldn't stop drinking. Wow. I was sobbing. I looked up to the sky, Jack, and I said, if there's a God up there, I can't do this on my own anymore. And about 30 seconds later, a guy walked around the corner in the middle of nowhere. His name was Derek. He had a little Bible in his hand. He'd missed his last person from a Bible study he was doing, and he'd walked about an hour, and he'd taken his quick cut to his house. He said, do you want help? And I said, yes. I went back to his house, and he said, look, Rob, I'm an alcoholic in recovery. I know what you're going through. You can stay here as long as you want, man. Wow. On one condition, you come to these 12-step meetings. Well, I hated them 12-step meetings, Jay. Now, this is where God came in. I went to a meeting with him. I hated the meeting. They're all moaning. They're all bragging how much they drank. And this guy opposite me said, my name's John, a recovered alcoholic. And he talked about the book and he talked about God and he talked about the power of choice when God's with us. After the meeting, I walked over to him. I said, hey, John, my name's Rob. Will you sponsor me? And he said, no. He said, but I will be your spiritual advisor for a period of 12 weeks. I walked to that man's apartment an hour. I spent an hour with him on a Wednesday night and I walked back for an hour. We talked about everything. We talked about the power of God. We did the 12 steps. I was recovered. I was an amazing guy. The last night, all me saw me, things will change right from tomorrow. I said, John, I'm in this guy's apartment, uh, his house. I'm in the basement on a blow up mattress. I don't know anybody. How can it change? Trust me, you've been chosen. Went home. Next day, Derek came home. He said, hey, there's a part-time job going at work, man, if you want it. I'll put your name down. 
Later that week, that turned into a full-time job. The week after, somebody gave me a little car to drive to work and back. After my first check came, probably two, three weeks later, I went to the gas station and I bought John a little teddy bear. And I bought him a card and I said, thank you, John, for introducing me to God. He took the compulsion away to drink and I walked by an hour back to that guy's house. When I got there, I banged on the door. There was no answer. The right and neighbor come out and says, can I help you? And I said, yeah, where's, where's John relocated? She says, John, there's been no one in that apartment for the three months I've been here. So I let her close the door. She's probably crazy. Yeah. Now I'm going to the left end. Now I'm knocking the door a bit confused. And a guy came. I said, can you tell me where John's moved to? And he said, John. So yeah, the guy next door here. There's been no one in that apartment for 12 months. In fact, all fact, he's derelict. You can't go in there. It's dangerous. So then the next day, I went back to the meeting that I met him in. And I said, hey, guys, remember John? And the chairman went, John? Said, yeah, the guy I was speaking to. I was over near the coffee machine and we were talking. And this is what they said. Rob, you was over near the coffee machine talking to yourself. We were kind of laughing at you. I've never oh. found that, man. Wow. But the program he gave me and my experience created a program that's 100% guaranteed. Because God, this is God's program, not mine. Yeah. And, you know, people think I'm this clever. I'm not, Jay. This is God. This is God putting the power in me to convince people to join him. That's my job today. Oh, he's a great psychologist. I reach down to the gutters and I pick people up and hand them on to him as quick as possibly can, period. And once you're studying something like the spirit like me, you will succeed. Whether success looks like seeing your family again or your kids or whether it looks like earning a million dollars a year, it doesn't make any difference. It will happen. So let me just tell you this real quick. So when I was young, I used to have a little transistor radio with a big battery because my dad couldn't afford the little tiny ones. (laughs) And I would listen to this request show every Sunday night. And one day I was so excited. I went down. I got the nerve to go down to the phone and I dialed in. Hey, can you you play me a request for Robin Manchester? This is what the guy said to me. Oh, definitely, mate. And I said, really? Will you really play it? Oh, no, you're on the playlist. It'll get paid. I don't know when, but it'll get played on the playlist. I went back upstairs and I stood by that radio for what seemed like hours. And all of a sudden, this goes out to Robin Manchester. Oh, man, it was great. It's the same thing with God. Put your request in. You're on his playlist. It will get played. We just don't know when, but it will get paid. Timing's always right. Timing's always Um, right. Wow, what a People story. say, look, addictions, addictions are, uh, it must be such a bad thing. It must be such an affliction. It's a superpower once yeah. you recover from this. Yeah. A superpower, you know? He didn't I, give this to the surgeons or the, or the captains of industry or the government. He came it to me and you, Jay. Yeah. Me and you have the power to save other people. I like that. No, an attorney can't do that. A doctor can't no. do that. No. He gave us the power to help these guys. And, and somebody who's never been addicted, but has only taken the classes in college to become a counselor, they're only going to understand book level knowledge of addiction. They're not going to be able to truly understand it. Um, but, but man, oh, you know, I meant to tell you this earlier. So when somebody is talking to me and they say things like, you know, why can't they just stop doing drugs or stop drinking? And I tell them, I'm like, look, you know, there's different levels of addiction. I believe, I I believe there's a, there's a certain point, like you said, there's a line you cross and then, and then it's not a choice anymore. You cross that line and it's just who you are or who you've become. And what I tell people when, when people get to that point, which I was, and I've, I've had a lot of friends who, who got to that level, 
if I'm looking and talking to a Christian who believes in Jesus, then what I tell them is, let me explain to you in best in a, in a way you understand what addiction is. I said, when you first wake up, what do you do in the morning? Oh, I do my devotions. So you, you talk to Jesus, you think about Jesus. Um, what do you do sometimes at night before you go to bed? Oh, I'll pray. Okay. You talk to Jesus. You, you, Jesus is when you wake up and Jesus, when you go to bed, what, what do you do throughout the week? Sometimes, uh, do you go to church? Oh yeah. We go to Bible study on Wednesday. So, so, and I ask him, I'm like, so would you say that Jesus is on your mind almost 24 seven when you're awake? Oh yes. I don't know what I could do without him. And then I look at him and go, okay, now I want you to give Jesus up and never touch him again. And they're like, I couldn't do that. And I'm like, the reason why is because you're addicted to him. It's all he's, it's all you think about. It's all you want when you wake up. It's all you want before you go to bed. And the, the alcoholic, the addict, they get to a point where, I mean, I was drinking Jack Daniels when I wake up for breakfast, I was drinking it for lunch. I was, I was drinking it to socialize in the evening, but also to wind down before I go to bed. I drank it all the time. And I said, there's no way I was quitting it at that point because my addiction level was so strong. And when you talk to a Christian, somebody of faith, and you ask them, uh, if you were to give up Jesus, where you, where you could not think about, pray to, listen to, uh, spend time with anymore again, then could you do it? And they're like, no. And I said, sometimes that's the level of addiction that an alcoholic and an addict is at. It's not something they can just go, oh, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll quit drinking today. Um, you know, I want to go back to your story. What, man, I mean, just, just telling me the story of what your daughter was saying, you know, as she's walking away from you. Um, and I mean, even the name of the book, daddy, daddy, please stop drinking was enough. But then when you said that there was two other things that she said, uh, that, I mean, that gave my goosebumps, goosebumps. Um, what, what goes on in our mind that something like that, or how, what's the psychological, physical, the chemistry part of our brain that something like that doesn't, doesn't cause us to stop. Yeah. Because here's, here's the science behind everything guys. You'd think that that was enough for me to stop, but what happens is <coughs> the reason why alcoholics are born and drug addicts are made, although they both present same after a period of time, is my hypothalamus, which is my fight or flight part of the brain. It's, it's not very big, it's tiny, but it's a fight or flight. That's why we don't have to teach, and it's a survival. We don't have to teach babies that are hungry, it puts his hand down its mouth or it cries for food. It's a natural instinct. It tells people as they grow up to drink water and eat food to survive. At a certain point when we cross over to chronic alcohol drinking, the hypothalamus tells us to drink alcohol. That's why you can't just give up because mm -hmm. the brain is telling you to drink. That's why we can go days or weeks without water or food because the brain is telling us to drink alcohol or take drugs. Wow. That's the difference. You know, that's the difference. You just can't stop. You, the neural pathways have to be changed. The psyche has to be changed. You need to remap. You need yeah. to recycle and reinvent the basal ganglia, that repetition. Because, hey, look, got the job, got the girl back, got the car, the kids are awesome, paying them all, bang, you'll self-sabotage for no reason. Yeah. And a lot of that is learned behavior and trauma from the past. The gateway drug is trauma. End of story. 
that, that there's no such thing as little T's and big T's when it comes to addicts and alcoholics. They're all big T's. The things we hear. When, how many times have I told you, Jay, you can't go to college like your brother. You're too stupid. <laughs> Boom. So when the kids are taking off you, the subconscious brain will flick over to the prefrontal cortex and go, see, I told you. Your mom was right. Wow. Piece of crap. Why don't you just give up and commit suicide now? You've ruined them kids' life. And we still can't stop because the brain is telling us to drink. And the, and the basal ganglia is telling us to destroy ourselves. Self-sabotage. That's wow. why. So we go gotcha. on to the bitter end. And gotcha. even when a, a, a solution is shown to us at the bitter end, I, I don't know, you know, die or I don't know. Because I will tell you categorically, if you were to put a bottle of vodka on the counter in a bar and a gun, and, and the promise was you, you can drink all of that, but you have to shoot yourself in the head after you finish, I'd have taken, the, I'd have taken that deal every single time. Wow. Every single time. Because I live in that moment where that vodka goes into my mouth. Yeah. I don't care about the consequence. I don't care about what happens. I don't care about my kids. I don't care about nothing about getting that vodka because the brain is telling me that's how I survive. Yeah. Eat food. No, I don't have to do that. I'll just drink. But I, that's the problem we have. And lack of mm. knowledge of that. Why can't Johnny just stop for his kids? What, yeah. what are you doing to your wife? We're being told by our brain. It's a knee-jerk reaction. If you go to the doctor and he's testing your knee and you try and hold that back so your knee doesn't jump out and hold it back and he touches it and it jerks out, that's what we go through as alcoholics and addicts. We do not yeah. have control over it. Willpower, it's beyond human aid. We're beyond willpower. We just, that's if you're a real deal, you can't. There has to be spiritual awakening, yeah. psychic change, and a DNA change. And if then three don't happen. We're not producing uh, endorphins. We don't train. We don't do anything. One of the four chemicals we need. We're not doing any reward system. So the dope means dormant for, for years. Serotonin, social belonging. Well, we isolate. Yep. So that's gone. The oxytocin, the cuddling, the partnership. Well, that's gone because they're done with your drinking. It's yeah. like, no wonder you're depressed. People say all the time, I'm an alcoholic doctor, but I'm also depressed. Uh, really? Of course you are. You know? Of course. You are. What? What? Uh, I've bipolar. Of course you do. You know, alcohol is not about the alcohol. It's the end result. It's the symptom. It's not the mm. problem. You see, I knew what the problem was, Jay, when I started trying to get well. Does anybody have the solution? Yeah. Well, I'm telling That's you now, good. the first 164 of that book, of all the reading and studying I've done regarding alcoholism and addiction, which was an extra six years at university, the best piece of literature I have ever read pertaining to the recovery of an alcoholic is the first 164 of that book. It's mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. They're talking about neuroscience in 1938 when right. he wrote it. Right. It's so, crazy. So you've mentioned a couple of times um, alcoholics are born, drug addicts are made. So let's 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 uh, visit that real quick and explain the science behind that. Well, alcoholic is generational. It's, uh, it's passed down. It's hereditary. There's alcoholism in your family if you trace it back. The only problem you get after a few generations is grandfather liked to drink. Yeah, that means he's alcoholic. So you can trace that back. You can't trace drug, drug addiction back as much. Um, alcoholics are born this way because of the predisposition. So we're born with basal, basal ganglia and, and uh, the neural pathways and the hypothalamus deformed from the generational, passed down to passed down. That's why it's called a disease. I'm allergic to the, to the ethanol in the alcohol. 
Now, drug addicts have the addicted personality. So they often don't take drugs until whatever age when they take it, it doesn't set off the allergic reaction that it does with the alcoholic. Though when both taking it at a certain point, they present themselves exactly the same. Alcoholic brain is different to the addicted brain, but the addicted personality comes up. That's what we're spotting. Well, drugs and alcohol, as I said, they're not the same. It's the ethanol and the allergy that drug addicts don't wow. have. Wow. That's the difference. And, and, that, and again, back, going back, Jay, that's the education that we yeah. need to understand. Yeah. And that's what we've been trying to do for the last 15 years, educate people. All right. So now I have a personal question. Um, what does excessive, I mean, I, I started drinking at 13. I took a few years uh, off where I slowed down in high school. But then once I went to college, I started back up. Um, I took a two-year break from 95 to 97 to avoid going to prison. But after 97, from 97 until the day I got thrown in jail and never came out, um, I was drinking. I mean, I, I got five DWIs. I could have probably gotten about a thousand. Um, what I sometimes can't remember parts of my childhood. Mm. Does excessive drinking do something to brain cells, memory cells, all these scientific parts of the brain? Does it prohibit me from remembering uh, long-term, short-term? I mean, I know I'm just getting old. I'm only 51, but, you know, I know the older we get, the harder it is to remember some stuff anyway. But has my excessive drinking from age 13 to 32, did that do permanent damage to my brain? Well, the, one of the first answer to that is you can't kill brain cells with alcohol. That's an actual myth. You can't do that. What wow, because that's a big rumor, man. Big that's, I mean, yeah, that's big huge. Because it doesn't kill. Yeah, it doesn't. What happens is that part of the brain stops being used because of, because of the alcohol substance. So they go into like a gray matter. Can they be okay. uh, reconnected? Yeah, they can. They really can. So we, you can get better. Uh, the stuff that we black out, we can't think about. That's your trauma. What happens with trauma is they, it stuffs in the subconscious brain like a zip file. And you can't deal with that. So it stuffs it. If you ever seen a deer being hit by a car, but not died, it will lay stale for about two or three seconds. Then it'll jump up, then watch it. It will shake violently. Then it'll run off. The next day, that deer will cross the same road at the same time and probably get hit by the same car. The reason why it does that is it's, it's shaking off the trauma from that. People don't do that. People stuff it down and stuff it down and stuff it down. So what happens is, the things we can't remember, which we can with the right training, you can recall 99% of what happened to you out of you. That's where the trauma is that goes into the, put it away, put it away. Too traumatic to think about. And we block off. That's why talk therapy is no good. You have to use tools like brain spotting. So you know, but sometimes you even my brothers and sisters will be talking about fun things. And, and uh, vacations and activities that, that were fun, not necessarily traumatic, but I have no recollection of them. So is it whether it's trauma or whether it's something fun, does, does it have the same reaction? Um, for some unknown reason uh, from trauma, you've stored that away and, and don't want to deal with it right now. Well, I, I don't remember certain times that we went on vacation. That we had a great time. But what I found out with lots of trauma work is that my uncle that came to us used to molest me. But I never thought for a second that happened. That didn't happen in my mind. Yeah. But we, when, we, when I went through the trauma with another person, all this came out. So there's a reason why you can't recall under said conditions now. Right. But if you were to go into treatment, then gotcha. they can pull that out of you. Go, oh, my God, yeah. And the other thing is, of course, is we're getting old. Yeah. You know, I, if you get I older know. and older, sometimes <laughs> a short-term memory, long-term memory kind of 
stuff's away again, it's hard to recall. Now, any damage that was done to my liver all those years of drinking excessively, um, does does the body restore itself? Does the, does the liver, liver get better with abstinence? So here's the deal with the, with the liver. Um, there's a 40% mark. That's where the mark is. So you can drink, 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 and have scarring. You can drink, 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 and have 30% scarring. You can drink, 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 get 40% scarring. You'll all come back from that. When okay. you get to 41, then you've got cirrhosis. There's, okay. there's no coming back from cirrhosis. It's a death wish. Okay. Well, I'm going to stop drinking now. I've seen people die a year later with cirrhosis being sober mm. for a year. That's the deal. Once it goes past 40%, you can't, you can't repair it. The liver doesn't repair. And that goes for most, most stuff. And again, with, we, only, we can heal everything inside ourselves by breath work. <sighs> 10 times, 20 times in the morning. We only <clears throat> use our lungs to 20%, 25% capacity. So listen to this statement, guys. When we live in hypoxia, which is lack of oxygen, which 99.9% .9 of the population does, that's all we breathe. <clears throat> when we take oxygen, when oxygen is present, no disease, no illness, nothing can survive any greater than it is. So if you've got cancer, listen to this, guys, I'm telling you, do your research. Gary Brecker is the microbiologist. Once, say you have, I don't know, stuff with your bones, whatever, it will not grow. Nothing can survive while oxygen is present in your body. Nothing. No illnesses, no aches, no pains, nothing. But we don't breathe like we're supposed to breathe. I always carry my boost oxygen with me, and nice. I take it in five or six times, 10 times, 30 times a day. You get that oxygen around you, and people wow. don't move. So wow. again, education on, on this stuff, you know? Wow. Okay, man, this is, man, this whole thing has been very educational and, um, and, and enlightening, enlightening. Tell us about the, uh, real quick, the breaking through addiction podcast and, uh, what all, you know, what all we could expect if we tune into that. Well, we took a little break. We're back again next month, I think. And it's just having normal guests on. We don't do superstars. We don't do, I mean, we've had some on, but I'd rather introduce some more than normal story, the housewives, the workers, the road sweepers, the, you know, CEOs, it makes no difference. We just yeah. want people to know about education. So that's what it, what it was started. You know, let's learn more about this addiction. Let's, let's bring it out of the closet because it's still a damaged disease, you know. Oh, he, he, he's a drug addict. You know, people whisper when they say, oh, he was an alcoholic. You know, why are you whispering? You I know, know. <laughs> it's a disease, man. You can't help a disease. So that's what it was for. We'll be back next month. Um, just follow my Facebook and you'll, you'll see what I, but I want to, if you've got no more questions, I want to do one more thing though. Yeah, okay. go for it. Want to listen guys, if you're sat at home now and you're thinking that you're not good enough or you'll never amount to anything and you're just a waste of time. I want to apologize to you guys because somebody's put that there. We're born with million dollar minds. Stop hanging around with 10 cent minds. So if you're sat there in that position with suicide on your mind for instance or just so depressed you can't get up for your kids i want you to call me and i will give you a five minute pet talk that will change your life and if it doesn't i will send you a hundred dollars for the courtesy of calling me two one four six zero 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 two one zero is my personal cell phone i'm obviously going to be busy always text me first because I can actually talk when I'm online with somebody, but I will definitely call you back and I'll give you five to 10 minutes. Never going to cost you anything. 
that'll change your life. That's what I do. I've saved lives. That's awesome. Rob, you know, it was, it was really interesting because I always end with, uh, you know, send a message of hope to whether they're inmates in prison or whether they're people out here in the prison of addiction, um, send a message of hope. And you already did that. So thank you. And um, we're going to put all of your information, that telephone number, your website, uh, all your social media, Twitter, LinkedIn, everything, Instagram. We'll pull all, all that on the show page with your awesome pictures as well. Uh, you, you wear some great, some great clothes and have some great looks. So I love it. Um, and so, uh, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for the education, the inspiration, the motivation, uh, the challenge to people who actually need some encouragement to give you a call again. This is, this is, uh, September national recovery month. Um, I, I don't even know how long we've been doing acknowledging national recovery month, but, you know, uh, I, I'm glad that we do because I think there's just been a lot of, a lot of people, you know, over the years, yes, he needs help, but I don't go get help for somebody else. I don't, I don't want to help him. And I think, um, the, the most important thing that you say is, is it's a family deal. You know, uh, a lot of people, a lot of wives will call me and go, can you help my husband? I'm like, well, now I can help you both. You know, I can't, he can't be the only one getting help you've got to get help through this. Well, not, I don't do anything wrong. I don't drink. It's not about whether you drink or not, because like you said, it's, it's only about 1% of the alcohol, you know, is about the alcohol. And so uh, thank you so much for taking the time to, to come on and sharing with our listeners. Uh, we appreciate you. You got anything coming up in national recovery month, you're doing anything you're traveling and speaking or anything that anybody needs to know about. We always do a thing at uh, in recovery month. Uh, I get on for like four hours, give my time, free for four hours uh, a couple of times a week when anybody can get on and talk to me, education, we do seminars free of charge. We do, you know, all that stuff. And uh, obviously not sure about my diary because I don't keep that, but I'll be speaking places. I'll all be on, on my Facebook, wherever I'm speaking. Okay. All right. If we can do anything for you guys, forget about the money. If we can do anything for you guys listening, especially guys coming out of prison, man, it's always worth a call and see what we can do for you. Yeah. You know, put our money where my mouth is. We started, we, we, before we started recording everyone, uh, we, we talked a little bit and, um, you know, Dr. Dr. Kelly, I want you to just, I know you said a lot of people don't know about a lot of the good things you do Mm. and that's probably by design and that's okay. But just talk about all those things that you, you, you said that you, you guys do and you help people, especially coming out of prison and all that. Yeah, well, we'll aid financially wherever we can. So what we do get is we get um, wives or fathers that are trying to get, you know, custody of the kids for weekend or see them once a week or something. Uh, we will we will pay for that. We will try and help you with court costs, with, you know, uh, anything we can. If you're going for an interview, you've not got a suit, we'll buy you a suit. You know, anything that we can do, we're blessed enough to be able to do that. Uh, we do loads of charity stuff. We give $150,000 back into the community last year. And uh, yeah, if you're ever stuck, uh, you know, we just try and help. That, that's what we're in. We're, we're, we're trying to help people. We're trying to be honest and kind and loving. And obviously I'm like a bit of a celebrity. I hate that word, uh, but I'm a public figure. But I want to show you that my feet is still on the ground and I'm still yeah. in the trenches. That's I mean, so good. you call this company nine out of 10 times. I'm going to answer the phone if I'm in the office. And people are freaked out. I will never not answer the phone to you guys. Never. Wow. Whatever possible. Because I want to leave you with this. Everybody, everybody's neural pathways are already in the head to success, to wealth, to anything you want to be. What I do is connect them. Once it's connected, you can do anything else in the world. 
You are empowered. And let me tell you this. Here we go. Empowered people empower people. Amen. Amen. So good. We're going to end with that again. We'll put all your information on the show page and some pictures and, uh, Thank you so much, Dr. Kelly, for, uh, and, and listen, if you're going to the website, uh, it, it is R-O-B-B, Rob with two Bs, and Kelly with uh, no E on the end, K-E-L-L-Y, robkelly.com. So thanks again, Dr. Kelly. Uh, we appreciate everything you said, and, uh, and I can't wait to get to know you more, man. Thank you, Jay. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. What an incredible man, human being. Um, recovery coach company my goodness i mean if you if you didn't walk away with this interview with something that you gained that you didn't know then you just weren't paying attention um my gosh i i have such literally blew my mind guys so i've i learned a lot i, I thought i knew a lot uh because of my own recovery and uh but i just learned a lot and um I'm not really going to add a whole lot to it other than because he said it best, man. If you're out there just thinking you're a pile of crap and thinking you're nothing and nobody, uh, somebody planted that seed in your mind, you know, and whether it's your family, teachers, coaches, friends, exes, whoever it may be, whoever it may be, uh, the devil is, um, is wrong. And, but you've, but we've practiced, we've rehearsed these in our neural pathways for so long that, that, you know, we believe it in our brain, those, um, whatever those glands were, whatever those glands were, um, you know, we believe it. They're, they're, they're conditioned. They've conditioned us to believe all this stuff and it's just not true. So, uh, man, you, you heard him. He gave you his number. I have it on the show page, on the show notes. Okay. Um, his email's on there. I mean, he is serious, guys, about contacting him. He is very serious. And I can't wait to go to San Antonio uh, to have lunch with him one day. But, I mean, literally, guys, if, if, he, if, God can do, if God can do what he did for Dr. Rob Kelly, then he can do it for anybody. He's done it for me. He can do it for you. And so wherever you are, whether you're in prison, uh, real prison, whether you're in a prison of alcoholism, drug, drug addict, whatever you, financial prison, it doesn't matter whatever prison we're in, whatever we're addicted to, whatever beliefs we're addicted to, you know, are going to run our lives. And, um, I challenge you to get some new, let's build some new neuro pathways. Let's build some new neuro pathways together. All right, let's start right, right right now. Hey, you are an overcomer. You are uh, made in the image of God. You're you're you're. If you have given your heart to God, if you've asked Him to come to live inside your heart, then you are a child of God. You are kings and priests. You are a daughter and son of the King, and uh, and you you can you can be empowered and you can empower other people. And that's what God calls us to do. I mean, when Jesus came to this earth, he made disciples and then he told them to go make disciples. And, uh, and so you are, you, you can be free. You can be sober. You can start that business. You can write that book. Uh, by the way, I did meet with a, 
a ghost writer. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I, I made a commitment to get this thing done by the end of the year. And uh, we did not budget for a ghostwriter, so I may I may not use a ghostwriter to, to to get it done by the end of the year. But um, but I have I have started. So thank you guys for writing in and holding me accountable on that first things first. Um, thank you. So uh, but we can we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. If you try to do it without Christ, you're not going to be strong. So um, but we can. I, tw- 2012, 10 years ago, I started my business. But I had to start it in my mind before I started making money in it. I had to tell, I had to quit telling people that I was, I was in between jobs. I had, to, I had to start telling people that I started my own business. I'm a business owner. I had to change my mindset. I had to get new, new neural pathways in my mind, and that's what you got to do. And you can do that wherever you are, whether you're in a cell, whether you're working as an orderly for the chaplain. Whether you're up at Northeast Correctional Center waiting for me to come speak to you guys, I'm so excited. I am so jacked up. Listen, if you're listening to this and you are at a unit that um, we've asked to donate crafts, leather and wood crafts, whatever art, uh, to our uh, North Texas Giving Day, let me know uh, so we can come get them or you can ship them or whatever. We'd love to uh, have you guys be a part. Anyway. Uh, I got off track there. Sorry, squirrel. Um, but man, I learned so much from this. I'm going to go back and listen to it again. Cause I, I want to, I want to, I want to really, really learn this and let this sink in. Cause I, I don't want it to just sink in for me. I want to be able to help others, you know? So let's, let's lift Dr. Rob up and, and everybody else. Father in Jesus name. I thank you for Dr. Rob Kelly. I thank you for what he's doing. I thank you for that, that person you sent. I can't remember his name, but that person you sent. Uh, call it an angel or whoever, Lord, but you sent to him to help him create new pathways in his mind, in his brain, to help him get started on his recovery journey. Thank you, Lord, for who who Rob Kelly is today and what you've made him into, and the the, the probably the millions that he's impacted. And uh, and Father, I thank you for his recovery group. I thank you for his ability to give his phone number out and text people that need help strangers. Thank you, Lord. I pray you just give him whatever he needs, whatever he needs, open more doors for him that he's never even dreamed that would be open. And uh, Lord, I lift up the, uh, the addict, the alcoholic, the person struggling with any addiction. You might be addicted to, to gossip. You might be addicted to, um, to, to, to coffee, <laughs> Uh, although it's not, you know, highly damaging to everybody around you, but Lord, I, I pray over everyone who's addicted to uh, pride, addicted to greed, addicted to money, addicted to any harmful um, mindset, Lord, and not productive. Lord, I pray that as we understand how we become addictive to addicted to things, that now we know how we can become unaddicted. And how we can start with our changing our, our mindset, changing our neural pathways. Lord, we don't have to let that hypothalamus tell us what to do. We can choose to tell our hypothalamus what to do. So, Father, give us the courage to stand up to ourselves, to lead ourselves. Give us the courage to uh, empower others. And um, we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you. We thank you for our guests. We thank you for all the listeners. And we just give you uh, praise before I go, Lord. We just bind that that spirit of bondage and addiction, and we lose liberty and freedom in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Listen, it's been a great two interviews so far for National Recovery Month. Uh, don't forget, if you um, listened to last week's with Dope, uh, you can go to dope.com and type in background check in the coupon code and you'll get $5 off. You can also go to your local Costco. If you're in Texas, Louisiana, Arkansas, Kansas, or Oklahoma, go to Costco, buy the two pound bag of dope and take a picture of the receipt. Send it to me, J Dan gum, J Dan gum, J A Y D A N G U M M at forgiven F O R G I V E N felons, F E L O N S.org. Take a picture, send that receipt to me. And they will donate $5 to Forgiven Felons. It's that easy. All right. So go back. Buying a bag of dope has never been this much fun. All right. Um, all right. I think that's it. Have a great, have a great week. Have a great week. And Northeast Correctional Center, we'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Background Check Podcast brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with the past realize their future. For more information, please visit ForgivenFelons.org. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and please don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss the latest episode. I'm Jaden Gum, and this has been Background Check.